why would you even concern yourself with trying to keep up with those around you if it's not within your means? Because ultimately, especially right now with the pandemic, it's like, okay, you spent all that unemployment money on material things, but for what, right? We can't go anywhere. We can't really do anything. It's probably going to be like this for a while now. So yes, once it's all over, you can use it, but would you even really want to? At that point, it's kind of going to be old because you've had it for almost a year now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Taking On Your 20s. I'm your host, Carla Nazaire, and let's take on our 20s together. So first and foremost, I want to say thank you so much. If you streamed the last episode, um, the last podcast, or if you watched it on YouTube, it means so much to me that you supported and felt like watching it or listening to it. So thank you for that. Please don't forget to subscribe next time. That way you can be the first to see the drop, you know what I mean? It's something to look forward to, something you can be dreading, but at least you'll be the first to know. So this episode, I really wanna talk about the illusion of money, right? I think money's an illusion and not in the way that people out there are like, money's not real, it's a made up thing. Like you can look into that, there's plenty of videos on that. There's, I'm sure plenty of articles on that that discuss it. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole just because money's a part of our lives. We can't really get away from it Um, unless you're like a sustainable living type of person that survives off of things they produce. But I kind of, by illusion, I kind of mean like the people you see that you think have money or who look like have money really may not right so if you see a celebrity or a kardashian like those people do have money but i'm talking about you see someone on social media kind of like appear in class or something that has designer or looks like they have all these nice clothes or bags or shoes it's like yes they may look like they have money but do they really that is the question of the week because obviously social media is a highlight reel, right? You're going to post when you look your best, when you feel your best, most of your best moments. Yes, you may post when you're depressed and sad, but most people aren't that raw and real. And a lot of people will be posting themselves when they're at their best moments. So if somebody's only posting in their different designer things, it's like, okay, but are they really about that lifestyle? Do you know what I mean? Like, are they just dressing like they have money, but really go home and their mattress is on the floor type of situation? You never really know. That's kind of just what I want to discuss because I think social media has definitely pushed and put on us the idea of like, okay, like, well, people my my age have these things, they look this way. And it's like, yes, they do, but you don't know what's happening in their real lives. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really know how they're living and they may be very happy. And honestly, that's, that's what I would hope for somebody. But it's also like, don't, take it personal or get yourself down if you feel like you see people with things that you want and that you don't have just because that may not be how it really is you know what I'm saying and I think it can be a slippery slope almost because let's say you go to class this girl has a Louis bag you really want a Louis bag you know you take your classes you work on the side, maybe you work retail or you waitress or something like that while you're taking your classes just to have some extra money to go out, to some of it's maybe for paying rent, maybe you have a car note you have to pay, but like you really want this bag. Like people on campus have this, but it's like you don't know if maybe their parents gave it to them as a gift, right? Maybe their parents pay their rent and these people, their money that they 
earned from work can go solely to just like their clothes and stuff like that. You don't know if they, if they have an allowance, maybe they come from a really rich family, right? Or maybe they spent their last cent on that bag and they're going home to a really shitty place because they're putting their money in how they look on the outside versus how they're actually living. And I think it can be messed up the way you think about it just because you may get down on yourself because you don't have it. But ultimately, it really could be out of your means to have that or just may not be in the cards for you at the moment, right? You have to keep everything in perspective if right now you're working and you know, you're paying rent, you still have money left over. Maybe save that money. Maybe you want to get a car, like think long term, because if every other week or every month you're spending whatever surplus of money you have on a new pair of shoes, on a new coat, on a new bag, you're never really getting ahead. You're kind of just like looking like you're ahead. But are you really putting your money into what will get you ahead, right? So for example, Let's say you just got your license, you really want a car, and right now you maybe take the bus or you walk to your job. Maybe you walk to a corner store down the street, right? And that's where you work. But if you had a car, you could go work at at another corner store, um, maybe a restaurant on the other side of the city, on the other side of town that could pay you double what you're making in the store. Why would you be spending money every month or every few weeks on clothes or makeup or whatever it is when you can be saving for a car right it may take a few months it may take a year right it may take however long it takes but now after that year you can drive yourself to that waitressing job that's going to make you double or triple what you were making in the corner store now you can work less hours and you can get all the bags and shoes and clothes and makeup that you want because you're making more money right and I think Our generation is very much about instant gratification because we see things on social media. They even say, I think there's studies on it where our attention span is shorter. We want things like now and being on your phone all the time, you're seeing ads for everything you want. The phone knows what you've looked at, knows the clothes you're interested in, listens to you, right? So if you're talking about Fashion Nova, if you're talking about Dior, if you're talking about a Montclair jacket or something, the ad's going to come up. Now it's in your face. If you have some money in the bank, you may be like, hey, let me get it. I have a grand to spend. And it's like, I understand once in a while wanting to, but living that lifestyle continuously of always wanting the next item for instant gratification, but not looking long-term and saving, I think can ultimately kind of mess with your happiness a little bit. Because now if you're busting your ass trying to make rent for the next month because you just bought an expensive pair of shoes, clearly you couldn't afford it, right? Just because you have it doesn't mean you can afford it because you have to be thinking in two weeks I have this bill due, right? In a month I may have to get new textbooks for school. Can I really afford a $1,000 sneakers right now? Maybe not. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just living within your means. I think right now people are really pushing to look a certain way and dress a certain way and seem like they're about a certain lifestyle when they really shouldn't be doing that. You're really not about that lifestyle if you can't maintain it. And I'm not saying maybe you stay for a while and you're like, all right, I got my f- my first and only pair of expensive shoes or my first designer bag, right? That can be exciting. That's absolutely worth it. But I just remember seeing even when even when COVID first happened, right? And unemployment was giving 600, I think it was every two weeks, maybe it was every week, 600. I know a lot of people who benefited from it because they didn't have expenses, right? Maybe they were college students who had a job working 
you know, in retail or customer service and then went home and were living with their parents. So they really had no expenses and they were taking in 600 a week, which is great. I just couldn't imagine now after all that time, if you had no expenses and now still have no expenses, having no money saved. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, if you took that money and maybe invested it, so it's not in your bank account, but it's in some sort of form of investment, you still have the money. It's still yours. It's just in something that will potentially grow. But if you took all that money and spent it on material things, I really think there needs to be a reevaluation and a priority shift because it's like, was it worth it? Do you know what I'm saying? You could have 600 a week for almost, what was it, six, seven, maybe, yeah, six or seven months. You could have like saved so much. You could have saved enough to maybe put a down payment and pay the first six months of rent on a new crib, right, on a new apartment. If you're a college student, that's a big deal. Now that means you can move off campus. Now that means you can move into a nicer place instead of being in student housing. Maybe now that means you can just save it and use that as tuition for next semester, right? But it's kind of like the idea of like, oh, I have this money. It's burning in my pocket. I need to spend it. I want to spend it, so I'm going to. And I think that needs to shift a little bit if they're, if you want to get ahead financially, right? Because ultimately, you're never going to get ahead if your consumption is always more or the same as your production, right? So let's say you work, like I work a nine to five, right? I work in an office. I am producing work for my company, not my company, but the company I work for. And then I get paid for what I've produced and that money I use to consume whatever it is, right? To consume food, to consume a roof over my head. But if I'm working my nine to five and I'm making money every two weeks, or maybe you get paid weekly, whatever it is, and you're always spending money where you're kind of at the edge, right? Where at the end of your paycheck, you're like, oop, I got $10 left. And I have to live off $10 for a week. That is never going to make it so that you can start saving. Because when do you get out of that hole? You're just always going to be going to the next thing. There's always going to be the next thing that you want. There has to be a time where you tell yourself like, okay, from here on out, I'm not spending because this is my goal. My goal is to get a new car. I really want a car. I want to get my license. I'm not going to buy anything I don't need that's not food, that's not rent, that's not utilities, that aren't books for school, that isn't money for transportation, right? You may have to pay for the bus or pay for Uber sometimes. You need to learn how to really be disciplined and not spend the money no matter how much you want the thing, right? And sometimes it takes telling people no. If your friend is like, hey, let's go to the mall, let's go shopping. Maybe be like, I can't go shopping, right? And Obviously, that is going to make it so that maybe you feel left out of things. But at the same time, ultimately, it's going to be so much worth your while when you can buy that car. Like, I don't think people understand how much having a car gives you so much freedom. You could you can literally go anywhere you want, whenever you want, without relying on anybody, right? You feel like going to I don't know you feel like going to the gym you can just drive to the gym you don't have to ask somebody for a ride you don't have to get on the bus you don't have to wait on anybody you feel like going to the supermarket you can just go pick one thing up you need some milk you need some eggs you can just go get it you don't have to be without milk and eggs for a week because you're waiting for somebody to take you or you're waiting for the weather to get better so you can take the bus because maybe you don't want to wait outside in the cold. All very understandable things. Priorities have to be put in check if you want to get ahead. And again, like if you get so wrapped up on what you see in social media, which is this illusion of, oh, I'm doing so great. 
I have all this designer, I have all these clothes, look at my new bag, look at my shoes, like, you're always gonna be wanting those things, you're never gonna be able to get ahead like that, sometimes you just need to either maybe take a social media break, be like, hey, I don't want to see it, because I know if I see it, I'm gonna want to buy it, maybe delete social media, or just tell yourself, if I see it, I'm not gonna get it, even if I have the money, because you have to see those long-term goals of if I have a car now, I don't have to depend on anybody. Or let's say you're living with your parents, right? It's a, maybe it's a toxic household or maybe it's not too bad. You just want your own place. You don't want to be living by their, you know, ultimately it's their house. You're still living by their rules. Maybe you don't want to be doing that anymore. Right now, while you're living in their crib, if you don't have to pay rent or pay for food or pay for anything, save every cent you make. You could be working full-time or even part-time as a student, save all this money, and in a year, be like, I'm moving out. I can pay for a down payment, I can buy new furniture, and I have six months of rent covered, right? And then as you work, you'll just keep having money for the rest of the months of rent. But the the long-term goal has to become part of the picture if you're ever going to want to escape being paycheck to paycheck or week to week and in some scenarios you can't escape the paycheck to paycheck right if you have maybe maybe you're working because you give your parents some money for the household or you're paying for college and you have to pay for rent and you have to buy your groceries and pay for utilities sometimes it's inevitable but in cases where already if you're not paying rent and you're not paying for school there should be no reason why you're not saving and i hope it's not insulting for me to say that i'm sure you could think to yourself like you make excuses almost like well no i needed this thing and i needed that thing and it's like okay if there are needs you needed them to survive yes absolutely but if it's like well I really wanted to go to, out to eat with my friends like six times in the last two weeks. Maybe you didn't need to do that. Maybe you could have gone to the grocery store and just made food at home. You know what I'm saying? I've just like been seeing so much also on like everywhere really of people posting things, but then I'll like see them out in the mall or see them out somewhere and I'm like, but you have all these nice things, no? What's the problem? Oh my gosh, something I just realized. Even, so I used to work at this restaurant where in my city where I live and a lot of college students go there. They love to go there. They like to have the margaritas. They like to hang out. It's honestly a good time. I fuck with it. The food is really good. And I've time after time had customers that on social media look like they're big balling like they have everything they even come come in looking great and you know you approach the table and you're like wow this is good like they might tip me well because they make it seem like they have money right and they will be the ones that when you bring the receipt are like oh my god why am i charged 50 cents for sour cream why am i charged this much for guac why am i charged this much for this don't leave a tip maybe are ungrateful sometimes they're grateful but they're just nitpicking everything on the receipt and it's like is it really that much of a problem aren't you aren't you wearing like fifteen hundred dollar Dior's right now and you you can't pay 50 cents for sour cream I don't get it you make it seem like you're good yet you're nitpicking every single thing on the receipt so maybe it's not like it seems right why are you trying to fool people and then you go to a restaurant and you're complaining over little adjustments to your check, right? Or they'll be the ones that at the end when the check comes, I've literally heard them calling people and being like, hey, can you send me some money? Like, I don't have enough. Why would you go out then? Why would you go out and get five margaritas that are going to end up coming out to like maybe $60 or something if you don't have the money for it? It doesn't make sense. I don't, this show is actually going to be renamed to It Doesn't Make Sense. Because a lot of the things just don't make sense to me. 
I don't know why you would do that. If you don't have $60, stay home. Like you could have just as much fun at home with your friends, buy a bottle that in total is $60 and you guys all split it instead of all five of you guys spending $60 at a restaurant and having trouble paying the bill. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you didn't need those $1,500 Dior sneakers and you could have paid the bill. It's just like, sometimes I just, when I was working there, I was really just like sipping my tea when I would see certain people come in complaining about how much they had to pay. Girl, if you can't afford it, don't do it. Why would you do it if you can't afford it? I also do want to touch on though, that I do understand this pandemic has hit a lot of people hard. So you may not be able to save right now. Maybe right now you just started working again because you couldn't for whatever reason. And it's gonna be tough, right? You need to catch up. But once you're caught up, my biggest tip is to create a spreadsheet. If you know how to use Excel, great. If you don't, you can watch a tutorial on YouTube, I'm sure. Learn how to use Excel, create a budget spreadsheet. If you don't know what, how you want it to look like, you can just look it up on Google, budget spreadsheet for a beginner, right? And it'll have simple things. So my example, if you're a college student, it can have, it'll say, it'll have the months and it'll say rent, utilities, groceries, subscriptions, Basically everything that you pay every single month, no matter what. And you're gonna put in your little numbers of how much you spend every month on all those things. And my best tip is, is to up it a little bit, right? So if rent is $500 and utilities, you know, utilities can fluctuate depending on the month, how much water you're using, how much heat or AC you're using, maybe if some months it's 50, 50 bucks, if some months it's 100, maybe put like 120. Because one month it could be 120. Even if the max you've ever seen is 100, don't underestimate the fact that it could be $120. So maybe put monthly or utilities is 120, right? Groceries, definitely don't underestimate. I always up the groceries just because that'll also allow for more spending money. So if groceries per month, I'm thinking it's gonna be three or $400. If I think it's gonna be 300, I'll put 350, right? Um, subscriptions are normally the same. You might have Apple Music, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Those things aren't gonna change. Then you can create a section of miscellaneous expenses, right? So if every month you make $1,000, whatever it is. You put those numbers in miscellaneous expenses. Also up it. If you think every month it's like, hey, I may spend 200 on going out and then maybe another 100 on like shopping, makeup, whatever it is, hair care. Put those numbers in and then add a little bit because you never know if one month maybe you went out a couple more times than you expected to, or you spent a little bit more money that is accounted for in your budget. So now you have your spreadsheet. Now you have how much you're gonna spend every month. Now you know exactly how much you have left over as a surplus every month, and that should be your goal for saving and you don't touch it. So as soon as you get paid, if you know you're gonna make a grand a month, Divide it up by how many times you get paid. If you get paid weekly, divide it by four. If you get paid bi-weekly, divide it by two. And every time you get your paycheck, put that amount that you were going to save every month in your savings. And don't touch it. Don't take it out unless it's like an exception, right? Unless you have a flat tire. You need to get your tire fixed. Now you can pull from your savings, right? You don't have to call anybody and be like, hey, can I borrow some money? Or you don't have to sit with a flat tire and not have your car for a month because you can't afford it. You know what I'm saying? And that allows so that at the end of the year, if every month you're saving, even if it's $100, right? Let's say for some reason your expenses are $900 a month and you're making a grand. Saving $100 every month will make it so at the end of the year you have more than you started with. 
there is never anything wrong with that. I feel like sometimes people get in the mindset of like, okay, well, I don't have enough to save, so why save it? And it's like, okay, you could save $5, $10, $20, bucks, 100 bucks. If you're making $10,000, you could probably be saving 5000 of it every month. At the end of the month, you could have enough to put a down payment on a new car or to go on a vacation. If you want to go on a vacation, it just can increase your quality of life in the long term. And again, that's why I go back to that sometimes people are very short-minded and they're like, well, I want this thing now and this is going to make me happy now. And absolutely it will. I think pampering yourself is great if getting a new perfume or getting a new candle is going to make you just as happy as getting a new pair of shoes. Maybe get a new candle, right? Spend 20 bucks on that candle instead of 200 or 300 on sneakers it's gonna make you just as happy it's gonna give you that instant gratification but down the line at the end of the year you can be like wow i've saved this much money i can go on vacation now and still have money left over to do with whatever you want to continue saving but if you don't get your priorities in check you will never get where you want to be and i think We also, and I've even been seeing this before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, it really got like really intense. People kind of throwing in your face, like, start investing, start investing. Let's retire by 25, right? Investing may not be for everybody. I personally don't fully understand investing. I want to learn more about it. Um, But so far my best practice has been budgeting and saving and putting money in the savings because once I learn enough about investing I can take a chunk of that savings and put it in an investment but how are you ever going to start investing unless you have some surplus money saved somewhere or at least this is for me I don't know if other people feel this way but I feel like my environment affects my mood so much more than the material things I have so if I lived somewhere really cheap and inexpensive and every month could be spending thousands on clothes or hundreds on like makeup and stuff like that yes that would be great but if I'm coming home every day from work to a place that I'm not too happy in how are those little purchases going to make me happy long term they're not because ultimately three months down the line you're still going to be unhappy every day you come home and those shoes sitting in the closet aren't going to like walk themselves out and be like hey like i'm here to make you feel better they're not going to be on your mind on those down days you know what i'm saying whereas if maybe you save a little bit and you're like okay for however long I will sacrifice getting those things that I want to be in a nicer place in a nicer environment that every day I'm happy when I come home that can really better your mental health because I personally prefer to come home to a place that I love to be in and love to see and that I'm excited to cook in the kitchen and I'm looking forward I don't know, to taking a bath or to taking a nice shower or something instead of like, yes, I would be excited if I got some Yeezys or something. But when it snows, who's going to wear it? Nobody. They would be in my closet right now. So I wouldn't be happy. You know, I wouldn't be happy overall long term. Or if you're somebody who really wants a car, how is getting that new piece of jewelry going to help you out you know what I mean once you get that car you're going to be so much happier of like I don't need anybody I don't need to wait on anybody I can go and come as I please I can if at one in the morning I want to go to Taco Bell I can I'll just hop in my whip and go over there or if at 9 a.m I want to be able to get up and go to Starbucks and I have to ask anybody you can go ahead and do that but 
if you're always spending and not making it so that you can get those bigger purchases that are going to give you so much more freedom, it's going to be tough. And I'm not saying you need a car to be happy, that you need to be living in a certain environment to be happy because those things are different for everybody, right? You may truly be the type of person that you're like, okay, I love coming in and seeing, you know, my shoes displayed in my closet. If that really, really makes you happy, then keep doing that. But you may need to sit down with yourself and just think like, okay, maybe if I stop doing this for six months, what goal can I reach? Can I save enough to go on a vacation that is going to make you very, very happy to be on, perhaps, so maybe you don't get shoes for six months to be able to afford that vacation. Or let's say Mother's Day is coming and you want to be really appreciative to your mom and get her something very special. You could really stop spending on unnecessary things for the months leading up to Mother's Day so you can really spoil her and do something nice for her. And it's going to make you happy to be able to do that for her. It's going to make her super happy. And it's probably going to be more gratification than getting something else that was unnecessary. You know what I mean? Um, And to be honest, maybe even getting a bigger expense may help with attaining the smaller things that you want as well. So I know that doesn't really make sense. Let me try to make it make sense. So I saw, I don't know if I saw it on Twitter. It was like one of those quote things. Maybe I saw it on Instagram, but it was definitely screenshotted from Twitter because everything happens on Twitter first. It says sometimes to motivate you, you should be doing things that are somewhat out of your means because it'll push you to reach that point, right? But I don't think that means like, looking like you have money when you don't have it do you know what I mean so maybe getting a car and the monthly payments are like you know you can afford it but it's like pretty close maybe that'll motivate you to get a new job that pays you a little bit more because you know now you're paying the car bills you're like hey I would like more money than what I'm left over with so it pushes you to do better kind of by accident. Something I just remembered that I was thinking about in terms of that money is an illusion is that you actually don't know if what you see somebody wearing online is even real. You could see somebody in class with a bag you really want, right? But what if it's a fake? Now you're busting your ass to save up $1,200 and she didn't even spend 80. Or Maybe her man's a scammer and he scammed it for her. And you're busting your ass to get it when she didn't even really have to work for it and he definitely didn't pay full price. Doesn't that make you feel a little silly? Why would you even concern yourself with trying to keep up with those around you if it's not within your means? Because ultimately, especially right now with the pandemic, it's like, okay, you spent all that unemployment money on material things, but for what, right? We can't go anywhere. We can't really do anything. It's probably going to be like this for a while now. So yes, once it's all over, you can use it, but would you even really want to? At that point, it's kind of going to be old because you've had it for almost a year now. Let's say you're getting unemployment, but you were a student and you didn't have many expenses I don't see why you wouldn't be saving that. Even if you're gonna graduate a year from now, two years from now, I don't see why you wouldn't be saving that if you know when you graduate, you're gonna have to pay your student loans. And yes, there's a lot of talk right now about forgiving student loans, maybe forgiving $10,000 of everybody's student loans, but the rest is gonna be there. And it is super unfortunate that like you go to school and instantly, graduate and like oh all this money and you don't even have a job yet but you could be so much more at ease knowing like okay I have five thousand dollars saved like I can pay my student loans for a good period of time 
if you use that money only for your student loans or you could take that money and put it in a Roth IRA and let it sit there for like 20 years. As you make money, you can add more money to it, but your, your initial investment was $5,000 by the time you retire or if you need to pull it out for something like, yes, there may be a penalty if you pull it out early, but you will thank yourself so much more down the line, especially if it sat, sat there for upwards of 10, 15, 20 years. And you're going to be like, wow, I'm so glad when I was 20, I put $5,000 in here on a whim. Now look, because I remember, and obviously times now are different, but I remember when I was in high school, a fr I was on my way to, I think I was on my way to DC with one of my friends and her parents. Her parents were driving us and we were talking about like money, money management, basically how they got their money because they were well off. They, they had a good amount of money. Um, and basically her mom said how when she was young, she put like $2,000 away, which maybe was like 40 years ago now. Um, and $2,000 was worth more at the time, but put $2,000 away in like some sort of Roth IRA. Um, I don't think it was a 401k, but it was like one of those things where it just like sits there and accumulates. Um, and I think between that time for the next, like, for like 20 years, she would put in like 300 here, 200 there. Whenever she had a little extra money, she would put it in. And after 30 years, after putting $2,000 in, she had a few hundred thousand dollars in there, like three or $400,000. And that was after like 20 years. She didn't tell me how much she had then after 40 years, probably double that. But she told me that after 20 years, she looked at it and she had a few hundred thousand dollars. And she was like, wow, I really did that by accident. But she really did that. And I really think our, and I definitely want to do more episodes, more specific to things like, like tax and credit and stuff like that. But our generation and even the ones before us don't learn what you need to learn when it comes to money so school will happily teach you all about history which many times is incorrect anyway they'll happily teach you math you will never use again they'll teach you chemistry physics I remember I learned physics in high school like for what I have never used physics ever I don't remember a single thing chemistry same thing the only thing I remember are some of the elements on the periodic table because I've been watching Breaking Bad recently and I'm like oh my god that's that thing I learned that a few years ago but I barely remember anything but things that we would really use we don't learn like there should be a financial class where you learn how to file your taxes um what credit is and why it's so important, how to build credit. That's a big thing. Even if you go away to school, right? You may struggle initially maybe to get a credit card that does take you because a credit card might look at you and be like, oh, you have literally no credit. <laughs> like not a single thing in the credit system because you've never had to have anything. And if you have a debit card that doesn't really count as building credit because it's your own money. So like having a card doesn't mean you're building credit. And many times you can't just get a credit card willy-nilly. So something you can do to build credit if you're living off campus um, in college or if you have your own apartment, maybe you moved out of your parents' place, is if you have utilities and things in your name. So something I did when I moved off campus with my friends is I put initially the utilities and Wi-Fi and stuff was in my friend's name, but then she ended up moving home. So I took over the utilities and Wi-Fi and that was the best thing I could have done because that built my credit so 
much like my credit already wasn't too bad because i think i had like a victoria's secret gift not gift card a victoria's secret credit card that i would use like here and there but i would only use it if i wanted like the discount that came with using the card so i would always use it and then be like but i have cash like let me pay it right pay it off right now so it already wasn't too bad because of that but that wasn't like strong credit because you could see it was only from having a store credit card um but i think that was part of the reason why my credit got so high just basically paying basic things that i had to pay anyway right because if you have a lease with your friends all your names are on it so it's not like carla nazaire owns this property and is paying the rent or the mortgage every month on time it's all these people are on this lease so i think it helps but i don't think it really helps that much because like you could have a roommate who pays late so i really don't think like a joint lease actually it might actually not affect it at all because if you think about it our landlord isn't like like now i live in an apartment complex so maybe paying the rent on time affects the credit but many times landlords for college housing the landlord will own the house they pay a mortgage the mortgage may be fifteen hundred dollars the rent altogether is 1700 but you know you and your roommates split it four ways they're paying off the mortgage with that 1700 plus now have made a profit of 200 dollars, right so they may have honestly it may be higher than that i don't know i'm just making up numbers here so now if they have five or ten houses they're making a profit of 200 dollars every single month off of those five to ten houses right that's just passive income that they're making just from owning the house and having people living there paying more than what they're paying to have the house so i don't think that actually builds the credit because it's not like my landlord's like putting in the computer like she paid on the right date because he's only he's taking that money and paying the mortgage with it so i don't think that goes into any credit system i think it only messes with your credit if you don't pay rent and they take you to court and it becomes a whole legal thing um but utilities definitely definitely if they're in your name will build your credit if you finance or lease a car and pay what you owe every month on time on the day that will build your credit so that now you can go and buy go and get a credit card um even if you graduate college and maybe you're you're already like hey i already graduated like i can't freaking start paying utilities now because i'm back home with my parents that's fine but if you have student loans and maybe they're not federal loans they're private loans so you have to pay them anyway if you're paying them every month on time that's gonna build your credit you're gonna be good to go credit starts to go down if you take out a credit card and you're not paying the bills or if basically if you're not paying things on time and i think people don't realize that credit cards also kind of trick you so if your cap limit to spend is two thousand dollars let's say on the card Uh, in january you spend 100 february you spend 200 in march you're gonna pay what you spent in february right in february you spent 200 dollars, but the credit card will be like oh you only need to pay 10 percent, so you pay 20 dollars of the 200 that you spent and you're like i'm good i've only i've paid what they asked me to that's still gonna mess with your credit because you didn't pay for the full amount that you owed so yes you don't if you spent $200 at the beginning of February and now you're in March and your bill is due, maybe you don't, you don't have to pay the full 200, but maybe don't pay 20. Don't pay the minimum they asked for. Maybe pay 150 and then you can leave the rest so that you can pay it when April 1st comes to continue to have payments that you're paying on time. But what I always thought was best was to use the card 
when it's due, pay it off, but continue to use the card. You know what I mean? So if you spend 200 in February, pay $200 March 1st for what you spend in January. But in March, continue to be using the card and then just keep doing that every single month. That will build your credit inevitably because you're paying everything that you owe. There's no reason that they're going to be like, oh, she's not paying. It's going to lower her credit. You're paying everything that you owe on the day. Your credit's going to skyrocket. And having good credit is going to help you get approved for other things. So I remember when I went to get my car since I had been, since I had put the utilities and Wi-Fi bills in my name, my credit was really good. So when they did a hard credit check, they were like, wow, your credit's really good. And I'm like, thanks. So the interest on what I paid every month was lower, right? So if my car total is is $20,000 and for the next three years, I'm paying however much every month for it, that's including the interest. But if your credit is lower, your interest is higher, which makes no sense. So like your credit is lower because, you know, you defaulted on payments, maybe because you didn't have all the money you needed. So now your monthly bill is higher, right? But I think they do that to like cover their ass that they have. That's also how they just make their money. But so basically my best tips for building credit would probably have to be to start small put a bill in your name even if your parents pay your phone bill or something just ask them be like hey can get my own phone bill in my name even if they're like but we'll keep paying it that's fine let me put it in my name and you just keep paying it every month and it pulls from your credit card that will build your credit because Carla Nazaire is paying her phone bill every single month the full amount on the right day then You know, as you have more expenses, put more things in your name, pay them on time, pay the full amount if you can. If you can't, then, you know, that's okay. But work your hardest to make sure you make all the bills on time so that it only boosts your credit. So that then when you go to get a car in 5, 10, 20 years, when you go to buy a house, your credit's really good. You can get a better loan with lower interest to get the house but start soon start early there's no it's never too late to start but I think starting early only benefits you more because then you just have access to more things right so if let's say you apply to an apartment that's a little competitive to get into I remember when Dante and I applied to this apartment. The old tenant said it was competitive. There was almost like a wait list to get in. We kind of like cut the line just because the people who were living in the unit before us were breaking their lease. So the property managers were like, okay, find your own people. So that's the only reason we got in. But I remember the application process was like, they wanted to see, they checked your credit, they wanted your social security, they wanted to see how much you were making every month, um, proof of income. They wanted to know about certain expenses. And because our credit was good, mine was definitely good, and Dante's and mine together was were good, they approved us the next day. And it made it so that you don't have to worry like, hey, maybe my credit's not good enough. Like, maybe I'm going to go to get that car and the interest is going to be crazy. I know on some people's cars, the interest rate is like 9%. And I, I've heard for people it's higher. To me, 9% is insanity. Like, 9%, you're paying so much more than the car is actually worth. Especially if you end up paying the car off once you really do the math of what the sticker price of the car was versus what you paid in total to finish paying off the car it's going to be more than what the car was worth if the interest is that high or even to refinance your student loans if your credit is good and you go to refinance them the interest rate may be lower 
it may lower how much you end up paying in student loans. So if you owe 20,000 in student loans, and then once you pay it off after 20 years, everything that you pay is going to end up being 25,000 after interest, you may be able to refinance and it'll end up being 23,000 or something like that. Again, I'm just making up numbers. Don't quote me on it, but I really think money management starts with recognizing what the illusion of money is, of recognizing that you have to have your priority straight, you have to understand that you have to be living within your means, and if you have certain goals you want to obtain, live below your means so that you can reach those goals that can then push you ahead you know so yeah I've talked for a very long time I don't even know what I said I kind of blacked out there for a second talking about credit um I definitely want to make an episode talking about the specifics of it I had no intention of talking about credit I don't even know why I went there but I did and I'll go there again so thank you for tuning into this episode i'm sorry it was so messy and confusing and kind of really doesn't make any sense um but hey you know it happens so if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe to the podcast we are on now i believe we are on all platforms so apple Podcasts, spotify i think google podcasts overcast for sure Um, You can find us on YouTube at Taking On Your 20s. You can subscribe there too. So if you're a visual person and you're listening and you want to see it instead, head over to the YouTube. You can watch me talk instead of listening to me talk. If you're watching on YouTube, you can head over and listen to the audio if you feel like listening instead of seeing me and you don't want to look at me anymore. Um, you can follow the podcast Instagram at Taking On Your Twenties, which is where I will be uploading questions. I will be answering questions. We can kind of, you know, communicate through there. I can understand what you want me to talk about, what you don't want me to talk about. You can give your suggestions and feedback. So thank you for listening or watching this episode, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>